episode four, live on Twitch or live whenever you're listening to this on podcast services of choice, because we're live whenever you hit play. Yep, on the many, many, many services that are available. That we found out, (laughs) that we keep finding out that there's more. (laughs) Every time there's a tweet, I'm like, all right, that must be a thing. So then I go find one. Some of them make it really easy for me to add. Some of them are just kind of like a mystery. Yep. Um, my name is Dave Hunt. I'm one of your hosts, and we are also joined as normal by Michael Swick. How's it going? All right, we've got a couple things to go over. We had an event last week for um, for Xbox. Uh, we've got a Google Stadia launch coming up, and we've got some other interesting topics to talk about, and lots of games. Not lots of games, but gaming discussions to be had for what we're playing and watching. So please, uh, whatever podcast service you're using, uh, leave, leave a review if possible. Uh, five stars, three stars, two stars, comment, whatever. Uh, any of that stuff, it moves us up in the charts. Like we've been getting emails and stuff like that from through Simplecast of where, like where we rank on certain things. So I don't really know how all of that works, but the more people you can expose to the show, uh, the the higher chance that we have to get more you know new listeners and help build the community. So any way that you can share the podcast is greatly appreciated. Um, and then something else that we've done, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, but now that it's live, it's a little easier to talk about. So we took the conversation that Michael and I had about uh, the review for Modern Warfare, and we pulled that out of the weekly uh, of the weekly podcast, like made a you know second copy of just that audio. And I think it was like 17, 18 minutes, and then we took gameplay of Call of Duty and put it on top of it on, and then posted it to YouTube. So you know, I know our show is an hour, an hour and a half typically. And that could be a little bit hard for people to decide if they do or don't like and when they first look at it. So if you want to send them that YouTube link and say, hey, this is the podcast that I listen to. These guys are, are, are pretty good. They're interesting. And that gives you a smaller snippet of the conversation of, I know you like Call of Duty. Listen to these guys talk about it. And then maybe you'll like the show. So that is uh, you know, another way that you could do that. Uh, and we would appreciate that. Or let them know that the show is live on YouTube as well. The show goes live on YouTube when the podcast goes live on audio services. So, um, and like Michael mentioned earlier, if there is an audio service that you use to listen to our podcast that we're not on, let us know and we will do what we can to figure out on a way to get on there. Sometimes it's easier said than done. (laughs) Yep. Uh, and sometimes that podcast service will like your tweet to your broken link. And then when you say, can you help me fix it? They will not respond. (laughs) So are we on player FM? We were, but the link turned into a 404 broken link. Okay. Uh, and then I asked them, Hey, can you help with this? And then they just liked the tweet that their name was mentioned in. So yeah, <laughs> still working on player FM. Alrighty. Uh, um, yeah. so there's a couple little basic things that I just want to go over. We have uh, a friend of Michael's made a bunch of images and stuff for us. So we've cleaned up the Twitch page a little bit more. Um, I started streaming earlier in the week with a new, uh, overlay and somebody commented like, Oh cool. Michael doesn't have to advertise his own personal channel anymore. Hell yeah. <laughs> I still might now. um so yeah things are still kind of coming together we are working on emotes because we got twitch affiliated last week um which we had mentioned we you know we i think michael and i set a goal of like mid to late december for that (laughs) yeah it was like we we were looking at it like all right if we if we do everything we can maybe by december Maybe it'll be a Christmas gift for us. Yeah, and we got it before Thanksgiving. So that is a huge 
thank you to all of you um, hitting the followers, hanging out in the streams for a little bit to increase our average viewer count, um, and just being there when we stream. Like that's a big deal. So we now have the ability to accept subscriptions. Um, one of the easiest ways to do that is through Amazon Prime, and ten of you have already done that, which is super awesome. So thank you guys so much. And um, today is the day I can do this, and I will be number eleven right now. <laughs> nice. Um, but that's a, just a, a very nice way to support the uh, to support the channel, support uh, us as in our project and everything that we're doing with this in terms of content creation and ways of interacting with the community. I am working on linking the subscriptions to Discord um, that is also tiered to our Patreon support through Discord. So that is kind of a slow moving ball. I just want to make sure that I do everything correctly before I go fully live with it, and and I need to use Michael as like a crash dummy for that. And then. We just we're getting into some busy times personally for Michael and myself, but we are still working through all of that. Um, feedback is very important to us as well. Leaving, like I said, leaving the reviews, leaving comments. I, we know the audio was a little wonky for episode two and three, and we're working on that. Um, some tools that we are used to using from editing. Um, have been updated and changed and things like that so we are should have that fixed hopefully by this episode but if this audio is not right please tweet at us and let us know and we will learn and adjust and adapt from that um same thing for patreon like if you want to go to patreon.com slash digital days uh gaming then it's and you read through it and you don't like any of it let us know why um, it, too high, too low, not enough, not cool enough, not nice enough. I want something different. And then we can look at that. Uh, we had already briefly talked about some ways that we can adjust that, but at the same time, it's only whatever, 17 days old. <laughs> yeah. We're still, the good thing is it, where we're still molding and figuring things out. So right now is a great time to, to send all of that feedback to us and then we can do what we can to improve, uh, what we're building. Uh, for the future yeah um so we are going to move on to our our show and we're going to hit you with some uh some news and you changed the order on this on me so i don't know where we're at so go ahead <laughs> we're going to start with a game that you mentioned last week uh anthem ah so a uh jason schreier report on uh kotaku uh revealed uh, though I gave Dave uh, a different link to it. Uh, but basically, Bioware, despite their silence on Anthem, according to multiple sources from Jason Schreier and Polygon also uh, were able to confirm some of this, it sounds like all the Bioware studios, which uh, I believe is three studios. Um, Isn't it Austin, like Edmonton, Austin, and Montreal? Uh, Edmonton. So it's two studios. Um, okay. So Austin and... Edmonton, they are basically looking to No Man's Sky Anthem in terms of just overhauling the game. But it's in such an early stage, especially after a couple of their executive producers left uh, like a month or two ago. They are looking to just reboot Anthem, but they're not quite sure how. They don't know if it means they're going to uh, a thing that was brought up in the uh, the Kotaku article, if they're going to go the Destiny route of like do like expansions that are like game changing, they they mentioned Taken King being inspiration, because uh, I guess that was a big uh, Destiny uh, expansion. Uh, Dave yeah. would confirm that. Yes. <laughs> uh, in terms of how many things it changed, or if they want to go the big dramatic route and do like No Man's Sky changes, 
where they're pretty large overhauls of the game. Uh, but the the issue right now is they kind of don't know that the reason they've gone silent and took that roadmap down is because they are trying to figure it out and they're looking to change almost everything. Uh, the world design, how loot works, uh, some of the uh, like basic level design, uh, kind of a lot of stuff they're looking to change. Figure out uh, how to make the game fun? Basically, yes. <laughs> uh, EA wouldn't confirm this, but uh, Jason Schreier... Of course they to... wouldn't, because it would look yeah, like of course. terrible for their shareholders. Um, but it, it, it kind of still sounds like a mess. Uh, um, where they they don't really know what they're doing, but they're breaking the game down as much as they can to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And they don't even know if the, these would be free updates or if they would just be a whole new game or paid expansions. I'm hoping if they're smart, it's going to be free updates. It has to be. It know. has to be free updates. Because they can't do Anthem 2. Like, that would be crazy. Like, that won't sell at all. Uh, they but, could do they could do anthem colon something and mm-hmm. you know try to repackage it and things like that but they need to make sure that if you own anthem that you you are you're lumped into this already like if they want to try to go get new players or whatever and get more people on there playing their game that's fine um they also just need to go the route of what destiny and division have done if they truly want to do this and they need to look at who is still playing their game which i'm sure it still are some people it um, is. The player counts are really low, though. Yeah. They need to look at who is still playing their game, and then they need to bring them to Edmonton or to Austin. If it's like 5 or 10 or 20 of these people, um, they need to bring them there. They need to bring players, consistent players of the Division and Destiny um, that have also played you know, Anthem and bring them there as well and do pretty much like a community summit for this game and have a huge discussion about what was good, why it was good, and what you hope it to see out of it and and, and build off of that no and that's the only chance like if you're talking about like redoing your levels and things like that or changing things um then that involves like you you have to do it strategically over time like you can't just like flick flick a switch and all of a sudden like anthem is and this is an extreme example but all of a sudden anthem is a first person shooter like you can't do that no, um, yeah, yeah, you you can't go that crazy without right. like, at least talking to the community. So like it has to be, you know, methodical and strategic and it has to take time and it'll be multiple updates. Division 1 had five or six updates and then they were able to put the final update on there that made it connected all of those other updates. Destiny was able to bring out Taken King based on the entire year of feedback of what worked and didn't work. And then at the same time, Bungie made the mistake and took all of the feedback they got from post-Taking King into Rise of Iron and said, okay, well, this is what the community is telling us. Here's Destiny 2. And it was a pile of crap after two months, and they had to do it again. So they really need to look at what Division has done, because Division has almost done it twice. Mm-hmm. And they need to look at what what a game like For Honor has done, and they need to look at what Bungie has done and build and, and evolve around around that. Like, your foundation is there. I've never said that Anthem's foundation isn't there, but reasons to play and to go back. I've always said that the stories of these types of games, like their stories, are just used as a way for you to learn how to play the game. And, yes, some people will play the story and walk away from it, but you can't make story more important than your gameplay loop. And if you do that, you get Anthem. 
Yeah. And, and it looks like they're they're going to avoid doing little fixes. They're looking to do full breakdowns and reworks. I just had it in the article. But you do that over time, like over two or three months. You change how loot works and you build on that. And then you change how like the gameplay loop of how you get the loot works. You can't do all of that at one time. So so here's like the, the early uh, things that they they plan to work on, or at least according to these developers. We don't know how high up on the tier they are. Or if Ant Bioware is just, you know, broken people into teams and are like, work on this, see if it works. Uh, but they're going to work on the loot, the quests, the social aspects, the difficulty, the progression system, and the world maps. Which sounds like everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the things they're changing. I And they, they mentioned a couple times, or at least a couple different people in the articles, mentioned that they don't want to do little fixes here and there. They want to go for big, grand, sweeping fixes or you changes piss, you piss off your player base too fast and then you what if overreact that player too base quick. Is, what if that player base is so small it doesn't matter i mean realistically you know yeah. companies like ea don't think in dozens they think in like hundreds of thousands in terms but, of like there's only twenty thousand people playing is it worth pissing those twenty thousand people off if we I can think- get a, a million I think when you when you swing for the fences every single time, you're going to miss more than you're going to hit over the fence. And then if you try to hit singles more often, then you're going to eventually score runs. If you I, don't understand baseball, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it, it's I just wonder. Like, I wish we had the raw numbers of how many people were playing. Uh, until they bring Anthem to Steam, we won't really know uh, those numbers for at least PC. But I'm wondering if the reason they're thinking of doing these crazy like big sweeping changes is because that player count is actually extremely low yeah um, i mean a couple of people have brought it up in chat i mean initially with the, the seven million copies of this game got sold and but how many people are left it, i wonder though if ea wanted to cut ties with this i feel like this is a pride thing for bioware uh to where maybe they have enough leverage that they're like give us another shot and the player count is just low enough that ea is like okay but you know you well, I think, Dragon e- Age I think 4. EA is worried about their image a little bit too, and they're trying to make it look like because Ubisoft gets a ton of credit for supporting their games and supporting their studios for long hauls. Sony gets a ton of credit for allowing their studios essentially almost whatever amount of time they need to make their games, and it's paid off for those studios like in the long run. I mean, you look at what Ubisoft was able to do with Rainbow Six Siege, to where it was just it was on Anthem's level of garbage in its first four to six months of it being out, and now it's a top tier you know, eSport. They've made and they've made their money off seasonal content. And and I think if Anthem does something where they introduce a fun style of gameplay through free updates and they build a base and they build a player base that's significant, what 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 significant means to EA or to Bioware, I have no idea. Um and then you then you layer on top of that some seasonal content and, and, and some events and some things like that to bring the players and some cool stuff. You're gonna have to you know take some hits on the on the on the financial side of it for a little while to then hopefully benefit from monetizing the game but it's funny we talk about like ea's been taking hits lately every time ea takes hits like this uh or at least the last two times they've taken hits they've at least had respawn respawn save their ass yeah (laughs) yeah so we say like ea's taking hits but we'll talk about it later uh respawn might have saved their ass uh, yet again Mm mm-hmm um, and then Bioware is already working on uh, Dragon Age 4, but it sounds like that's not coming until 2022, according to an investor call. Bioware is a two-studio team, so they have time to like rebuild Anthem, get this out, and then 
uh, the Kotaku article mentions they're already working on the next Mass Effect game, which I really thought Mass Effect was going to go away for a while. So I'm wondering how big of an overall Anthem really can get from Bioware if they're in the middle of you know rebooting mass effect again because they have to reboot mass effect again based on how mass effect went last time with andromeda and dragon age sounds like that's already gone through like two iterations like dragon age 4 has already gone through like two iterations where they like threw the game out started again and then they started like anthem you know like i I, i'm just i'm still worried about bioware's future i'm wondering how this anthem thing's gonna go or if this is just kind of talk like you know they they have like a, a small team at both studios just kind of like fucking around with Anthem because there's no one playing anymore. So it's not yeah. going to hurt. They just need to be careful that they don't go the route of like Bethesda, what they've tried to do with like Fallout 76 and stuff like that. Like they need to stay away from that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and they they need to to have something interesting or cool to to draw some attention from other players of like hey i'll go check that out like you know like destiny did it again with like the sparrow racing that they had for a little while where it's like hey this is something that like a lot of people have been saying that they wanted here's an event you know i don't remember ever hearing about it, an event in anthem and you know and things like that and division didn't have any events There's either snow but... now. <laughs> so um but it'll be interesting to see they just need to not only figure out how to rebuild it, but then how to announce the rebuilding. But I guess, I guess we'll see in the future. I mean, the roadmap's already thrown out, so we'll see eventually in the future what they plan to do with it. But let's move on to, like, a happier uh, story, even though Anthem's promising. Right. I, I just I just threw this story in just for, for myself, uh, personally. Stardew Valley is potentially getting its last patch, its endgame patch. Uh, Stardew Valley is, like, a farming simulator romance kind of game. Uh, that I, I adore. Uh, it recently, on consoles, got its multiplayer patch. The developer behind it, I'm going to just look it up real quick. Sorry if you can hear my keyboard. It, it's a really small team. I believe it started with just one guy. Yeah. Uh, that it has was just been one work- guy, yeah. Yeah, it was just... Because oh, you read uh, the Jason Schreier Yeah, book. and he did a Kickstarter. Yeah, and he, he did a Kickstarter. got overwhelmed with he- everything that, they, that people wanted from it and buried himself in his house for two and a half years to make this game. <laughs> yep and it came out and he kind of hit everything he wanted to hit it came out in 2016 and he's been continuously patching the game adding things they added the multiplayer to all the versions of the game now so all the versions of the game are on uh version 1.3 which added a bunch of stuff on top of the multiplayer co-op uh but now he is finally uh ready to release what he's calling like the end game patch and this is going to be free like all the other patches have been um, and he basically is going to be able to fix all the bugs that have been kind of lingering since the game came out, but were kind of minor bugs that weren't that big a deal. But because he's kind of a perfectionist, he's just going to patch those out. Other developers might have just been like, it's small, who cares? He's patching out the rest of the bugs that he knows of, and he's adding new like romance uh, like scenes to the endgame that weren't there before. Um, he's adding like new screenshot abilities... I just wanted to put this in just because it's like a developer who has put a significant amount of effort into his game and has released continuous updates for this game, even though it wasn't really required. Like all this stuff that he's been adding to the game have been great, but the game the game was great when it came out. 
-hmm. like it didn't necessarily need all this stuff the patch will be out in uh, 2020 but it's been like four years since the game came out he's been continuously updating this game and he's finally done so like the stardew valley loop will be closed in 2020 (laughs) when i read this article as end game patch i'm so programmed with these games that i've been playing lately of like oh the end game for stardew valley (laughs) not the end of the game (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah no it's the game will finally have well it's funny the game already had like a, a proper ending but he's adding more to that proper ending but then after this it sounds like he will be done and he will be satisfied with it i'm looking forward to seeing that and it's also you know i, I we gave we have a lot of crap to anthem because it just sounds like they don't know what to do they want to patch the game they don't know what to do we don't know what's going to happen to the future it's nice seeing like a small indie game, obviously completely different scales, but it's kind of nice seeing a game have a plan, kind of have a roadmap for the last four years, and then finally close the loop. Happy story, happy ending. Uh, and I love Stardew Valley, and the multiplayer patches finally hit PlayStation. Like I think just recently, like mm-hmm. super recent. Uh, so I need to get back on that because uh, I have it on PS4, though I might buy it on Switch for convenience. Just, just a happy. I want to just put like a happy story in right after Anthem. Gaming is good still sometimes. Yeah, and Stardew Valley is definitely one of those uh, reminders that gaming uh, can be uh, fantastic and whimsical. Though uh, we're not going to follow this up with a sad story either. We're going to keep this train rolling before we fall off a cliff. <laughs> um, Dave, do you want to talk about the next theme? that Microsoft was doing this week. Yeah. So Microsoft did an event in London. Um, I, I guess X019 or X19. Like, I don't... Yeah, XO. I yeah, I XO. Yeah, XO19, um, which was essentially like a Paris Games Week or a game, a mini Gamescom, mini E3. Um, yeah. They had Their a... Their PSX. Yeah. For people. They had a, you know, a press conference or a, you know, a beginning of the a kickoff Thing. It was a weird, like, <laughs> I felt like it, it belonged on MTV. It yeah. was so, like, casual, but corporate. But they had announcements. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so the biggest thing that came out of it was uh, Project xCloud is coming in 2020. And it's going to work with Games Pass. Like, that yeah, was the huge that- thing that was with it. Like, the you're going to, you sign up for a Project xCloud and it sounds like it it's gonna they don't know they haven't said the price yet but the, it, it will have game pass included in it which automatically makes it better than anything stadia has right now <laughs> yeah we'll get to that <laughs> yeah um and they you know they talked about it like working on mobile networks and the biggest thing is it's gonna work with like a dual shock yeah which is crazy <laughs> yeah but but it is. Um, and they announced some other things coming to Xbox Game Pass, like all the Final Fantasy or a chunk of Final Fantasy games are coming next year to Games Pass. Um, and then all the they, new games they announced during a press conference or whatever it was. Yeah, and I guess like not to like go off on a side tangent, but I do. I am curious about your thoughts of this. Like, are they setting themselves up for an impossible standard? Yeah, I I because I, I feel like right now every Xbox game studio. My expectation as a consumer is that that game will be on Games Pass. And I think they've set that expectation, and I, I think that will be the thing. So does that mean the possibility for me being an Xbox Game Pass owner on PC is that I will get to play the brand new Halo day and date? Yes, that is like I believe that is the goal. 
because uh, Halo, I think they already announced that that is going to be on PC. Well, yeah, Halo Reach and the you know and the Master Chief Collection is coming. No, to no, PC. the new Halo as well. Right, and I know it's coming to PC or to even okay, even if I'm a console owner, like why? And we've talked about this a little bit before, but why would you buy a sixty dollar game from a Microsoft Studio right now? Ever? Well, I I mean honestly, we both just ended up in the same situation. Uh, we'll talk about later uh, yeah. where I signed up for Game Pass for PC for Outer Worlds. You signed up for EA Access Premiere for Star mm-hmm. Wars. Yeah. Because it's just a better deal. It, it's a significantly better deal. And, like, I immediately, uh, they announced, you know, uh, Age of Empires 2, the definitive edition, was out that day or whatever for Game Pass on PC. So I immediately downloaded it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would have to pay, you know, like, 30 to $60, depending on how much it cost. Uh, and it's just like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Game Pass. Uh, I think it it comes down to just data and subscriptions. They they just want that subscription. They could get money from you every month as opposed to one time. Yeah, I mean it's it's just crazy to me though. Like it, I, I'm so used to like hearing about God of War sold X amount of copies first week. Days Gone sold X amount of copies first week. Gears Four sold X amount of copies first week. Halo Four sold X amount of copies first week. We haven't heard them say anything about. How Outer Worlds did on Xbox. They haven't said anything about how Gears 5 did on Xbox. Or we haven't heard numbers. I don't see it charting on MPD or anything like that. Because it has to be bundled in with these people that are playing. It has to be on Games Pass. Yeah, and we probably won't hear numbers. But because it's continuing, I'm assuming Xbox is pretty satisfied with where things are at. But it is definitely... Whether it's working or not, it's going to have to force the competition to step up. Um, Savage in the chat said he's really hoping PS Now puts an app on like Android. Uh, and I don't iOS. care what PS Now does if I can't get a day and date game on it. That's what I'm saying. Like, but it's one of those things where PS Now is going to have to step up. I mean, Xbox X Cloud or whatever is coming to Android phones. PS Now needs to match that, and then they are going to have to eventually match the day and date releases are are they though like i mean i guess that's the question is like because like i don't we haven't seen any death stranding numbers or anything like that but they i'm assuming that some of the numbers are okay and you know we're gonna see you know like last of us 2 like do we do we think that last of us 2 is not gonna sell well because it's not on a on a on a subscription service but i don't know if like the selling well like you know they could put out a press release that sold you know however many millions of copies i don't think like microsoft or sony care if they have the subscription people coming in like it it, so you don't you don't think that they care that they get four million people to buy last of us part two at 60 bucks a piece versus getting two and a half million people on a subscription service at seven bucks a month i i think they're 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 more concerned about the long game of getting as many people to sign up for the service as possible and getting them to pay monthly see i'm just worried that project scarlet's going to come out and they're going to have some cool game for it that one of their game studios has been working on. And it's not going to be on Games Pass, and people are going to lose their mind. Oh, it's going to happen, but I don't think we have to worry about that, or at least as long as like Phil Spencer is in charge of Microsoft uh, or Xbox. I feel like as long as he's there, he's going to make sure it's like day and date. Um, or at least for the next couple years, it's going to be until it proves to be like... So you don't think that Microsoft, if if Scarlet takes off, 
and is winning the the console race against the PS5 the first year, year and a half, you don't think that they're going to backpedal on Game Pass? No, they're going to double down because I have a feeling Game Pass is going to be shoved in enough people's faces to where it's going to be like hard not to have Game Pass if you have the next gen Xbox. Yeah, I have I a mean, feeling. Well, if JP they, Snake, JP Snake wrote in the in the chat. It's the Netflix model. Sales, um, sales totals don't matter. Everything that I've heard the last year and a half is Netflix is not making profit. Oh yeah, yeah. They're 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 my uh, Netflix's problem is they they they're making money, but they're also spending too much money. They're spending more money than they can make. Is it Microsoft doing the same thing, buying these studios? They are, but they're trying. But they to have get Microsoft to the, money. So yeah. They have Microsoft money, but also more importantly, they're trying to establish themselves as a Netflix, and then hopefully once they get to that level, they don't make the same mistakes Netflix did. Because right now, the only competition for Game Pass is PlayStation Now and Stadia 3. If you look at the streaming wars, there are significantly more streaming services out there competing for that dollar, Mm -hmm. and that's where Netflix, they just kind of went all out. They went with Super Prestige make as much content as possible i think with video games they don't have to worry too much about that the thing you're concerned about is something that they're probably going to have to look at in like five to ten years but right now they're looking to see what they can do to grow and i have a feeling in when scarlet comes out or maybe a little into scarlet's you can only get xbox ultimate as opposed to you know being like i just want live or i just want game pass Mm mm-hmm I have a Here's this it's, thing that costs $100 for the year, and it's the only way to buy it. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to go that route to where they're going to make it a good enough deal that people aren't going to bat an eyelash at it. They'll just say, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's 15 bucks a month, whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you get, I guess if you, you know, you get 75% of your console owners to, to in, invest in the subscription service, then that's better because, you know, like I've always talked about it, or, you know, like the Madden player and the Call of Duty player that only buys like one or two games a year they're still going to be there. But then Mm -hmm. these, you know, like if anybody asks me right now, like, Hey, I'm going to get my son an Xbox, you know, it's probably a great time to buy an Xbox one. Like I'm going to get him a, if I get a recommendation or somebody asking me for a recommendation for games that they should get their kid on Xbox, I'm just going to tell them to get games pass. Yeah, no, honestly. And (laughs) that's why I think the $150 uh, black Friday bundle, the all digital one is such a good deal because it comes with three Mm -hmm. months of like game pass. Um, and now we can talk about what a company's doing that's probably looking at oh, how uh, other... Co- yep. I was going to say, before we go into that, oh, uh, yeah, they the did new games, announce so. a fair amount of games. Rare is a new game, yeah. Yeah, Rare's got a new game called Everwild, which uh, looks pretty damn cool. Obsidian, uh, even though they just put Outer Worlds out, they have a game coming out next year called Grounded, which is basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, survival game where it's just like a bunch of miniature kids just like trying to survive the yard the backyard like with giant mm-hmm. ants and spiders don't nod announced a new game uh the makers of life is strange and uh there was a lot of like little indie games uh, the virginia developers have a new game i would highly recommend if especially for like some of the indie games that they announced to check out uh the presentation but Oh, and then uh, Bleeding Edge, the new game from Ninja Theory that's coming out in March, uh, which will be Game Pass on mm-hmm. PC and Xbox Day 1. Grounded will be Xbox Game Pass and PC Day 1. Everwild will be Xbox Game Pass <laughs> Day 1. 
uh, to where like Microsoft's really hitting it out of the park really at the end of the cycle, uh, which is kind of getting me excited and making me, as someone who's only really owned PlayStation consoles at the start of every generation, they are putting a really solid pitch for the next generation. But I also, in the same breath, have a gaming PC, and they are promising all these games on Game Pass on PC. Right, and it's just like people are saying that they just want Microsoft, they want Xbox as a brand, like not as a console anymore, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you worried that uh, two questions? Are you worried that one that they're pushing these new studios too hard, too fast, and two uh, it'll go together, and two now that they're they are pushing the studios, I think a little bit too hard, too fast. They don't or as of now, won't have anything ready for next-gen right away, within the first six or eight months? Yeah, I, I so the first question, I, I'm not really worried about them pushing the studios too hard, because if you look at Rare, Rare hasn't had a, a new game in a long time. Uh, they had the, the retro pack come out mm-hmm. two years ago. Didn't they do Battletoads, though? Uh, but that was such a small game compared to the rest of their scale. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, and I'm not too sure if that was in, but if it was, I don't think that's that big a scale that I have to worry, or we have to worry about. I don't even know like, if that game's out. I need to look at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Grounded Obsidian, that seems like a faster runtime for Obsidian, but they just pushed out a game, you know, a couple weeks ago. So we don't know if they had like a skeleton working in on this. Uh, Bleeding Edge, it's been about, what, two years, a year and a half uh, since Ninja Theory's last game. So mm-hmm. I don't think they're pushing them too hard. They are going for smaller scale games with these new studios, which is like good and bad in terms of like what these studios can do. But we don't know what these final products are going to look like. Right. But isn't there a part of you, I know you really like Obsidian, but so isn't there a part of you that wants to see Obsidian given the time that Sony Santa Monica or Naughty Dog is given to make something and to see what they can do? I, I do. I, I, I totally see that point. Uh, I want to see what Grounded ends up being like uh, before I, you know, like, I really want them to, like, take their time and make a big grand scale thing. I'm still playing Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds will keep me entertained for the next couple months. Grounded looks cool. I, I At this point, I don't know if Grounded is, like, a small distraction and is something that looks like a full studio made it. Or if they did what most studios do where you have, you know, like, a skeleton, wor- skeleton team working on a game and then you have... Uh, a, the rest of the team working on like a bigger project. Because yeah, I just I want to see them. I want to see Microsoft produce a top tier, triple A game that does not involve holding a gun in your hand the whole time. Yeah, and they have the studios to do that. Uh, but it's now now the the second part I'm worried about, not having enough games for their new new system. <laughs> Where they're announcing all of these games from their newly acquired studios. Are releasing but they, but, but they have Halo, half. so they're good. Halo's there, and they're fine. Yeah, hopefully Halo is. Uh, hopefully Halo is good. It's not like good. the last two games haven't been mediocre at best. Yeah, but or they haven't made a good one since they departed ways with Bungie. There's that. No, three four three put a decent one out, <laughs> uh, a decent one, and um, it, it's just going to be. I, I'm just worried about did they or will they not have enough games for that first six months of their new console because they are releasing so many games towards the end of the console, you know, or because the Microsoft money was flowing into these studios, did they immediately just like, Hey, we could just finish up all of our like weird project ideas that we wanted to do now that we have this Microsoft money, you know, 
Double Fine used their Microsoft money to polish up Psychonauts, which released, you know, early next year. Maybe Obsidian used their Microsoft money to, like, hey, we could do this, like, weird Honey, I Shrunk, our, uh, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves game. Um, let's just get this out the door. You know, like, maybe they're letting... They, these are, like, the the things uh, to blow off steam before they work on their next gigantic AAA game. Who knows, maybe Obsidian will work on the next Fable game or something. Uh, and then this is just a small, like, little distraction uh, before, you know, the next consoles come out. But we, it's, it's kind of hard to tell until we know, like, the scale and size of these games. Let's go back to uh, kind of a mess uh, that you wanted to bring up. Kind of a mess? Kind of a mess. <laughs> kind of a mess. So Google Stadia comes out in two days. So, or if you're listening to the audio version of this uh, podcast, it is out already. Yes, it comes out on the 19th. Yes, of November. Um, and nobody has had a chance to play this in their own personal environment. No. Other than the Project Steam, but no one's had Stadia proper right. in their hands. And, and all this stuff that they were touting as features won't be ready at launch. Like, I, I was reading through the article that you sent me, and I almost feel like, is multiplayer not working at launch at all? No. So, what? So multiplayer is working. What's not working is, remember when they showed uh, Breakpoint, where you can, like, stick other people's streams onto your screen? Oh, the Stream Connect. Okay. Yeah. That isn't working, and the uh, turning local multiplayer games into online games that apparently isn't working either okay and then uh, the, the, the the playstation share play stuff basically isn't working yet right and then there are now saying that it will only work with certain chromecasts it will only work with the chromecast ultras that ship in the founders bundle which is crazy uh it, it is only going to work in the founders bundle so if you have a Chromecast Ultra and you just happen to have a Stadia controller, they're not going to be compatible right away. It might take a couple weeks for your normal Chromecast Ultra, which technically is no different than the Chromecast Ultra that they're shipping with. It's just one of them has the latest firmware on it. So play anywhere that you take my Chromecast Ultra with you too. Yeah, you basically have to use your Founders Edition Chromecast Ultra because that's going to have the newest firmware on it, which is kind of crazy. Uh, they said that's going to be a couple weeks before it uh, pops up. Um, the crowd play's not coming. Uh, the the state share is not coming. I believe Bluetooth isn't coming just yet for like PC play for the so, controller. So so the founders are just a fancy word for beta testers that are paying for it. Yeah, which people have been joking about for the last like month or two as information has not been coming. It wasn't until this ama they did on reddit came out that people were like oh shit yeah we are in a beta this it's... is like what how not to launch a console and yeah, i'm sorry and stadia, is... stadia is a console whether you whether people want it to be a console or not you're just connecting to the console through the internet yeah exactly uh it sounds like it's a mess uh their launch lineup is kind of bad if you look at it, it's, what, 12 games and three of them are Tomb Raider games? Which, Tomb Raider games are good, but they're all old at this point. <laughs> uh, well, pretty much all their games are old. There's only, like, one new game 
like one exclusive Stadia game that's on it. it it's just kind of a mess. Like they're they're not coming with features. Not all the founders are going to get their founders edition day one. It sounds yeah, like it's going to be Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple waves. friends that just got charged like yesterday or today for their mm-hmm. orders and they don't have any tracking or anything like that yet either. So like without any tracking with going, you know, I mean unless it's being like next day aired or something like that, like you're not getting this thing on launch day. So yeah, it it's just kind of crazy. Um, though, um, as of a couple hours ago, they did increase their launch lineup from twelve games to twenty two games. Like I just so pulled they put up Frogger and- on there. Or? <laughs> okay, so their launch lineup now is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Attack on Titan two, Final Battle two, Destiny two, the Collection, uh, which I I guess is just like the game of the year edition kind of i don't even I, that's the first time i've ever heard that i don't even know what that is yeah they're referring to it as a collection which i'm assuming just means it's every what the shadow keeper down basically i know it i know it um a lot of founders editions came with that destiny bundled in mm-hmm. um farming simulator 2019 final fantasy 15 football manager 2020 grid 2019 guilt which is the uh exclusive stadia game uh, Just Dance 2020, Kine, Metro Exodus, Mortal Kombat 11, NBA 2K20, Rage 2, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Red Mortal Dead Com- Mortal Kombat is on that list? Mortal Kombat 11 is on that list. Holy crap. Like, you want to talk about a way to test your lag? Yes. that That is going to be kind of uh, huge wow. in terms of is that functional. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2, which is pretty cool, because Red, Red Dead Redemption 2, right now on PC is having a lot of challenges with like people configuring Red Dead Redemption 2 to work properly and work at the best it can work. Stadia is supposed to take all of that out, all that like work out of the user's hands and give you the best version possible. Will they be able to hit it? Uh, no. Samurai Sh- yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, Samurai Showdown, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Thumper, which is another game that Lag is going to be very important. You know, it's a music yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tomb Raider 2013, Trials Rising, Wolfenstein, Youngblood. Trials Rising is also another like yeah pre- precision timing game. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting. I hope this does not fail. Like, I I mean, I genuinely hope it does not fail. But the writing on the wall is very very bleak for me right now. Like, how, how is it not possible that you don't have somebody or some bodies? playing this you know so like pay a twitch streamer <laughs> like yeah why are you not doing this find a twitch streamer find a youtuber like anybody like and I, anybody I think, that carries any like how play the game I, on there <laughs> i think they would be worried about giving it to like an influencer is if that influencer does not have the perfect internet connection they would but, not want that to get out. But I know that's going to be important. That's going to be something I have to deal with day one. But a popular have, Twitch streamer has your ideal conditions of what Stadia wants from their players. They have internet. Like, yeah. I, I mean, if you give it to Shroud or you give it to Ninja or Dr. Disrespect or Gathalion or Dr. Lupo or any of those guys, those guys have internet, like, upload and downloads in the, the, the in, like, the fiber levels probably. And, you know, like, in terms you would of... Hope. Yeah, they have to for, like... For to the extent of what they're you know able to how what come, their streams are able to take yeah 
How come uh, Stadia hasn't launched in the Google Fiber City in Kansas? <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you, if there's a perfect place to do a test run, uh, it would be there. Yeah, go find the top Mortal Kombat player. Go find a top five or top ten Mortal Kombat player and say, hey, we want to send you a Stadia. Will you play the game and stream it and yeah, give us your thoughts that, on it? I don't get it. That would be Sonic Fox. That would be a good partnership for Stadia to do. Of like, yeah. Sonic Fox can kick your ass on Stadia. Hey, it works. Like, I mean, for for a top tier, you know, like fighter to say, "Hey, it works." Like, there's nobody. You're just getting these people that like cool tech to buy your tech. <laughs> yeah. I can throw my controller in my backpack and take it to a hotel. Uh, not if you don't take your 4K or Ultra Chromecast with you. You can't. <laughs> it, it's funny like even uh the buddy pass remember the buddy pass thing that comes with the founders edition uh which lets your friend get like three months of stadia uh apparently that won't be activated until two weeks after you get your stadia bundle your founders bundle so you're, you're gonna get your stadia i'm assuming that means the reason they're doing that is because then hopefully maybe in two weeks the chromecast ultras everyone's chromecast ultras will get the firmware update they need for stadia then you need to delay your launch two weeks right that's what i'm saying (laughs) like this is a a a full internet thing it feels beta as hell i would rather there be a delay than it feel super beta especially when there's so many games that are coming out right now and so i mean like this has got tragedy tragedy written all over it right now and then when it it it's unfortunate, and again, it's a broad example. But if this get if if Stadia gets the ouya stigmatism to it, it's done. Yeah the 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 good and bad thing about it being Google is Google will stay with a project they feel is worth it for as long as they need to, unless people aren't using it, and then they bail on it. Yes, yeah they they have gone on both ends of the spectrum. Um, to where Stadia, I would assume, needed to hit the ground running. It doesn't look like it's going to do that. So, God, that tech better work. If they're doing this staggered launch with all these missing features, and it has day one Disney Plus issues, they're fucked. Like, if they... Like, imagine how crazy it would be in two days. Obviously, when this is released uh, audio... Uh, we'll know what happened. <laughs> um, but if there are connection issues day one and they did this staggered featureless launch, that's going to be bad. Like super, super terrible uh, for like the immediate future of Stadia. They probably invested too much money to pull the plug on, you know, within a year. But Oof, sorry, uh, they might, you know, go from being super excited to it to eh, it's a thing we have. People can release games if they want. It's it's kind of crazy. I expected a little bit more. All right. Uh, what we're playing and watching. So um, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, for me, it has been a ton of Outer Worlds um, on PC. I, I I adore the game so much. I, I mentioned uh, last week it has that Firefly vibe. Um, I I've just been enjoying the hell out of that game uh i have my kaylee like companion i already have a shepherd on my team like i'm basically building the firefly cast as my companions and i i I, i'm enjoying it i did come across like after playing like 
six to eight hours of it uh the humor uh which is really good is super dark and it is definitely like the dystopian future of just if corporations got their way to the max and it was one of those things where it made me hate corporations more than i already did to where i'm <laughs> playing this game and i just kind of hated my job even more uh just because it's just basically corporations just took over everything they they run amok the, the you'll you'll go into terminals and you'll find uh like memos from corporations being like hey if you're sick you owe the corporation money like your sick time actually is like taken out of your check as opposed to you know you earning sick time to take care of yourself if uh someone commits suicide the person near the person that committed suicide has to pay penalties for not stopping the co- company property from killing itself. <laughs> it, it, it's like super dark. It's it's hilarious. But man, at the end of it, I'm like, fuck corporations. Uh, and just think back to like memos that I've received from my jobs over the years of just being like, oh, God damn it. This is basically what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is the future this sucks uh but I, I i'm i'm enjoying it there's weird things uh that i've been having to deal with control wise the the menu stuff isn't that great uh just uh, like tracking multiple quests really isn't a thing you can only check you know like one quest at a time uh but it's just been like minor gameplay stuff in that vein that's been issues that i've been having but otherwise i've just been like just hooked on the story uh and the dark humor even though the dark humor at the end of it is just like kind of depressing but i guess that's like the best dark humor if you think about it in terms of uh it's so dark there's like truths to it and also it's just like really depressing to where you laugh and you're just like oof, god that that hurts but i can totally see this future <laughs> happening the gunplay's fine it is what it is like it's similar to to like the fallout gunplay it's obsidian they haven't been really known for their combat or at least for a long time they haven't uh so i've been just you know talking my way out of most situations just because the gunplay is kind of whatever uh but the the talking yourself out of situation stuff's really good the the yeah that would never work for me i would definitely like just shoot first i i used to be like that but for this game the writing is just good enough that i'm enjoying like playing characters and the game gives you some really tough decisions and sometimes those t- tough decisions come from getting, you know, using dialogue to get out of situations to where I've been enjoying seeing stuff play out that way as opposed to shoot first. Uh, though that I've been in some situations where I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to shoot first out of this situation. <laughs> so uh, playing that still, I'm really dragging this game out just because I'm enjoying doing like all the side quests that are available to me. Uh, continuing uh, the Dragon Age journey with Sarah, we just finished like chapter one in Dragon Age two. Night and day better than Dragon Age one in terms of just visual and structure of the game. Uh, still on PS3, right? Still on PS3, but it's a it took a big leap. Even though it was only like two to three years, I think Dragon Age was 2009. Dragon Age two was 2011, 2012. So even just a two-year difference, they made like technical leaps and bounds uh, that make it hold up significantly better than Dragon Age 1. Um, but the main thing I've been playing, because last week I only talked about purchasing it, I've been playing a fair amount of Death Stranding. And 
I've been streaming it. Um, I streamed like the first two hours of the game and I played a little bit after that. Uh, you can watch the stream. It's mostly me just reacting to the cutscenes because in that first two hours, <laughs> I think maybe I played 15, 20 minutes of like actually controlling Norman Reedus, his, you know, model. And even then, that was just me trying to make him feel uncomfortable as I zoom the camera into his crotch or making him go to the bathroom because apparently that's a thing you can do and you have to do. With an ad. With an ad for his real-life show every time you take a shit, which is just <laughs> fucking confusing. But, like, Kojima don't care. Like, he, he, he can do what he wants. He can... Make Monster Energy the only drink you can have in that entire game. Uh, I, 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 might, I have to confirm this, but when I was playing it, when you drink something, because you have to keep uh, Sam Porter Bridges or Norman Reedus hydrated, uh, it says Monster Energy. So he's constantly drinking Monster Energy for hydration. Uh, but you also refill your canteen when you walk through rivers. But my canteen always says Monster Energy which makes me think that the river is made of monster energy, <laughs> which I want that to be like canon. Uh, and how that's how I'm just, that's where I think the world went wrong. It's the idiocracy. They killed the plants because let's make monster plants. energy come out of the faucet. Yes. Or like we killed all the plants because we thought plants craved electrolytes. So we gave them Gatorade. I'm just going with monster energy is flowing through the water and that's where the world went wrong i'm like five hours into the game it's batshit crazy um i don't know how to explain this game other than it's fucking insanity and every single time um every single time i think the game can't top itself with where the story's going or how crazy the story is or how confusing the story is the game just says hold my beer and just keeps adding on top of itself. And the, I feel like when Norman Reedus is walking around with a shit ton of packages on his back and he can barely stand up straight and barely, you know, walk a straight line, I feel like that's a metaphor for Kojima balancing the story. <laughs> they are trying everything they can to keep the story afloat. And I'm here for all of this bullshit. I wish there was a little bit more to do in the game because so far, again, like five, six hours in, I'm just delivering packages. And from what I can tell, that is all I'm doing. It's super weird. It's kind of relaxing, except when like the BTs are out and running around, which are like the bad guys. You can't really fight them too much, or at least so far I can't. It's just delivering packages with a weird premise behind them all. I don't want to spoil anything in case anyone's like waiting to pick this game up. Uh, we might have a long form discussion on this game uh, in the future, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking to get a couple people on the show to facilitate a conversation with Michael on this. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to hear the dynamic back and forth between you know maybe somebody that's beaten it and somebody that's maybe not as far into it and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just the game is just kind of crazy. It's weird, but I like crazy and weird, so I'm willing to do it. Every time I play it, though, Dave, I think of you and be like, Dave would fucking hate this. <laughs> like, you, because you, you don't really like tedious gameplay, and the gameplay in this is pretty tedious. The fact that if I'm not holding L2 and R2, 
down like the entire time my packages on my back will sway left and right so i have to you know and you can always like shift your body weight by hitting l2 or r2 but i just found that just holding l2 and r2 at all times you don't have to do that you walk slower but you don't have to do that uh yeah, I, I'm just enjoying delivering packages and then waiting for a 20-minute cutscene to explain why I'm delivering packages and seeing what crazy cameos and celebrities Kojima decided to use or have. Uh, it's it's insane. It, it's insane. I, I fucking love it. <laughs> like I don't get it. Like you, you sit there and say that you don't really know what's happening, and you're only delivering packages. But you like, it, you're like everybody else all of a sudden now. Like game's kind of boring, but it's it, you know nine point five. I'm like what? <laughs> no, no, no. I would never. I like honestly, if I were to grade this game on my first six hours, I'm like this is like a good seven, a weird seven. I I, I don't understand like the the super high scores for it, but I also don't understand the super low scores for it. I so, think it's a a game that had like promise that might not have del- it did deliver on everything you would expect it doesn't have like the uh the gameplay aspects of the metal gear games but if you look back at like metal gear solid 4 he brought in some people from like western developers to help work on the gameplay for like metal gear solid 4 and i think that's why metal gear solid 4 is really good and he learned that for metal gear solid 5 this is kojima like unchained and this is what you get with kojima unchained and it might not be the best kojima or it might not be kojima at his best because he might need an editor uh he right. might need some more gameplay people let's go ask you do you find yourself delivering the package because you want to deliver the package or do you find yourself delivering the package because you want to see the next cutscene? because i want to see the next cutscene. so the gameplay is a means to continue the story but not a means to have fun Yes, exactly. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it sounds terrible for you, but like for me, I, I like the cutscenes. I just wish uh, that from people I know that beat the game, they put like 40 to 60 hours into it. I don't know if I want to do that. Uh, so the story's, the story's not compelling enough to you to continue delivering the packages to see what happens next. I don't have like the time for a 40 to 60 hour story, and I know there's not 40 to 60 hours of story in this game. No, there's there's 30 hours of story in the game, and there's which, 15 hours of walking. Which is great, which means that maybe the best solution for me on this game um, would be something that uh, JP Snake in the chat mentioned. I might just be best going on YouTube and watching a compilation video of all the cutscenes. Like, honestly, if I want to get what I'm enjoying from this game, that might be my best scenario. But I've spent $60 on this game. <laughs> so i'm gonna do it the hard way like i i'm my gonna money says so. <laughs> okay this wasn't on ps now okay damn it so like, <laughs> i spent 60 dollars on this uh so Free. i'm gonna spend 60 dollars on it to entertain you guys the listeners <laughs> yeah and i will continue to stream it uh here and there so <laughs> um hopefully i don't know what's like the best or worst case scenario for when i stream this game when i streamed it the first two times i'm like man i'm barely playing this uh and then i'm thinking like man what if there's like a five hour stretch where all i'm doing is delivering packages with no cutscenes? 
<laughs> you better talk. You better be talking a lot today, chat, buddy. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know what's like the best or worst case scenario for streaming it. So I'll probably just hop in and out of streaming it. You and Sarah have like a conversation about like the grocery store or something like that. Like, yeah, like like well, if I do run into a stretch, like I might need to look at some game guides and know like, hey, from this point on, like it's just delivering packages. Then I might just have to have Disney Plus in the background. So I can just like have something else entertaining oh me while gosh. I'm delivering packages. Oh my gosh. Um, but okay. Uh, that's, that's it for playing. Uh, all my other time has been dedicated to Disney plus, uh, which Dave, I don't know if you subscribe to it just yet. Dude, I have two, three kids. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you did. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to watch any of it though. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, no, I, first thing I did is I searched for alley cat strike and then I watched alley cat strike. Then I, fell into the hole of watching the Simpsons until I realized it looked weird. And then I looked on the internet and the internet confirmed that they fucked up the aspect ratio of the Simpsons. So I stopped watching the Simpsons and then I've just been consuming random stuff on Disney plus almost every night. Like I've already seen Aladdin, little mermaid, Mulan started watching the X-Men animated series, the nineties one, a little bit of X-Men evolutions from the two thousands, a couple national geographic documentaries on wolves I, I, I'm consuming so much content right now uh, from Disney Plus. It's crazy. And the I haven't turned Netflix on in several weeks. I only turned on Netflix yesterday because The Toys That Made Us has a new season. And they have an uh, episode about wrestling toys and yeah, Power and like Rangers. Like Turtles and Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, I gotta watch that. Yeah. So. Which wrestling toys and Power Rangers are the only toys I really collected as a kid. Uh, other than like X-Men and Marvel toys. Mm -hmm. So that is like the only reason I'm turning on Netflix to after Disney plus and Hulu stepped up the, uh, you know, with some shows that I'm watching Netflix might be on the chopping block for me. Cause I I'm other than glow. There's not many things that I want on Netflix. They signed some deal with, um, Nickelodeon this week though, didn't they? They did. Um, Netflix, I'm sorry. Yeah, Netflix signed a deal with Nickelodeon, uh, though I don't know if that means they're pulling the stuff off Hulu just yet. Because, uh, uh, like, Hey Arnold and Rugrats, that's on Hulu, and I've already gone mm -hmm. through that a couple times over the last couple years. Because uh, I'm a millennial, so we just watch shit from our childhood and think about the old days. Uh, just way too much. Uh, but... Yeah, they, they signed a deal with Netflix and they're going to like reboot some shows or continue some shows, which is cool. And that's it's animation. So it's probably going to be like a year or two before we see like the fruits of that. Yeah. Uh, but till then, I might end up canceling Netflix. The only problem is like I got like four family members that are like leeching off my Netflix account. So if I cancel <laughs> it, I'll probably get a phone call. Uh, oh, man. And I'm I'm leeching off Sarah's Disney Plus. So like I can't. I mean, I probably could just be like, hey, I don't have Netflix anymore. Here's Disney Plus. Enjoy. Uh, but Disney Plus actually has like, what, like four concurrent streams at a time? I think so. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Like, it's it's a really good deal. I'm just waiting for them to do the thing you know they're going to do in a year or two where they're just going to like be like, oh, you really like Disney Plus? Yeah, we're, we're, we're $12.99 now. 
Right. Like something like 10 million people downloaded it like in the first couple of days. So it's, it, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how this, how long it stays or, you know, like what it does or doesn't do. I mean, um, so I found myself like putzing through it. So Tuesday it came out um, and Michigan got smacked with snow on Monday. So like, <laughs> I, I think I put something on Facebook. They're like, oh, wow, Disney does own everything. They just put an Arctic blast on the Midwest the day that their <laughs> app comes out. So people are stuck at home. <laughs> Um, so like my wife was like watching like Sound of Music and some other movies on there that she didn't realize would be on there. Like 10 Things I Hate About You was on there. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Um, we try, when I got home, um, I watched like the first episode of Darkwing Duck and I was like, I don't really remember like how this show started mm-hmm. and it doesn't really have a start. <laughs> it kind of just goes. A lot of shows from like <laughs> yeah. the 80s and 90s just kind of do that where it's like, yeah, yeah. we're not going to give you an origin. We're just going to go for it. Yeah, so I was like, you know, but, and I also found myself just putzing, like, listening to a theme song and then just going to something else, like, at the beginning. Um, trying to get Owen to watch, like, Gummy Bears, and he wasn't having it. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> um, so we haven't quite figured out any, you know, like, a huge aspect of stuff on there that Owen necessarily wants to watch, but, and I haven't had a chance to super dig into it as well. But, I mean, I'll just do some of my watching stuff. Um, so I watched Mandalorian, both episodes. Um, don't really. How are they cl- releasing those? Like weekly? I think or? every Friday. I think is the thing now. So I think mm-hmm. they had one on Tuesday. They had episode one go with launch, and then episode two um, came out on Friday. So I don't know if that means like you know in like four or five more days, like we're gonna see the next one. Um, I was actually a little surprised. I feel like they were only like thirty minutes or thirty-five minutes. So I didn't feel mm-hmm. like it, it wasn't very long. I was like, oh, it's over already. Um, and I don't really have a clue as what's going on. So again, I feel like a little bit more character building in there would have been better and i know mm-hmm. that might be the the mystery the the mystery behind it might be part of what it's going for um but i mean it's it it appears to be good and i, I can already feel like what i'm thinking is happening isn't what's happening cuz it can't be like that obvious to me you know what they're showing mm-hmm. have you have you watched any of it yet no no i i haven't i i might just wait till it's finished Okay. And then just binge it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll keep watching and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but the the little bit that they they seem to be showing, I mean, there's definitely familiar characters in there and, you know, familiar scenarios and stuff like that. So, um, of where, like, the, the sand people are there and their big ship and or their big tank and they're taking things and, you know, stuff like that. Like the typical, you know, Star Wars banter and things like that. Yeah. Um, are in there um and then because of fallen order i you know just i kind of was on a kick i started watching just star wars in general my wife was out of town for the weekend so um, i started on episode four and i watched episode four um and i watched episode five and i fell asleep not because episode five was boring but just because it was late (laughs) um and just trying to understand it because uh I, i picked up or like you mentioned earlier i picked up origins premiere on pc it costs uh, fourteen ninety nine for the month, for a month, every month, and uh, it had St- Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, the deluxe the, edition. Yes, premium or something. Like mm-hmm. So I was kind of on the fence about this, and I have this, you know, gaming PC, and and um, I wanted to check it out, and fifteen dollars is better than sixty dollars. Yeah, and there's there's I other games that I can play in there. Yeah, I told one of my coworkers that he's like, ah, I bought it. I don't know if I should. Like, you open it yet? He's like, no. You got a PC, right? He's like, yep. Get it on PC. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so the first thing, and I asked this on Twitter th- th- this today, and I also you know reached out to a couple other people. Um, I did see on a couple reviews where people were saying that there's some some performance issues. I think it's 50 50. I've determined. I feel like it's 50 50. So my PC isn't like super high end or anything like that. And you know, like I, you keep using that website, can I run this or whatever it's called? And I ran it. You know, I it it analyzed my PC, and for minimum settings, I ca- I can run Fallen Order. Uh, recommended settings i fell a little short um graphics card i think or something like that maybe your processor i don't remember what it was video ram i don't remember um but i do find myself running into performance issues mostly coming out of cutscenes or in scenarios where i'm moving very very fast the out of cutscene one makes sense it is unreal engine so unreal engine uh, sometimes can have like pop in happening. Yes, and I am seeing that as well. Yes. Yeah. So what I'm guessing is happening. What no matter even if you had a high end PC, there's pop in on Unreal Engine. I'm guessing the game coming out of a load screen or a cutscene is still right. loading the world in, and then if you're yeah. moving a little bit too much and the world's not ready filling in, it's causing the issue. Yeah. So I mean, none of it has been like game breaking or anything like that. Sometimes, like you're saying, like and it makes sense because I feel like the game has to catch up. To where I am, um, you know, like going down an elevator, you know, causes some problems and things like that. Like uh, it, going down the elevator or up an elevator, going down the ice slides, and I get down, and I usually just find myself just stopping for a second and um, like kind of letting the game catch up. And I've ran into a couple scenarios, like briefly for like a couple of seconds, where uh, the performance has affected me in combat. But for the most part, it's been much much more fun than i was really even thinking when we saw this game revealed at e3 where they actually saw gameplay i was like that just doesn't look that fun to me and it's the complete opposite managing a lightsaber is way more fun than i would have ever thought using the 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 force mechanics is it fits and it's very rewarding when you execute it correctly where you like just have a smile on your face by doing that um and then just traversing through the world it's it's it feels very much like a zelda game with like in almost like an infamous style traversal system of climbing and and puzzle solving and yes it's got a little bit of uncharted and tomb raider and you know um into it but looking and figuring things out and the puzzles the puzzles are better than an uncharted puzzle like the the couple of the temples that i've been in the puzzles are super cool and they use the me- like, like that's why I feel like it's a Zelda thing. They use more of the mechanic that you learn in that area, and you use that mechanic to complete the puzzle and in, in to move on to the next area. Um, something that I have a problem with with the game is what a lot of my friends are telling me is the Dark Souls aspect of that's this what game. I was just bring up. <laughs> uh, it has a very punishing checkpoint system, mm-hmm. um, and it also has a very high risk reward save point system. So, when you find meditation points, is, or, or areas that you can save at, as long as you Bonfires. get there, and, <laughs> you find one, you save, you can uh, access your skill tree at that point in time and use use your skill tree points uh, to upgrade your lightsaber, upgrade your force ability, or upgrade your health. And you can also rest at this meditation point. And when you rest at the meditation point, it gives you your little health, your stem, your health regen packs back that BD1 carries for you. Um. But if you run out of those and you die, then you go back to the last meditation point that you were at, 
and the game essentially like resets. Uh, you have the ability to get your uh, XP and, and upgrades and things like that back from the enemy that killed you by just striking that enemy. So like when you come into an area, that enemy will glow like an orange and he will, um, when you hit him, it'll, it'll tell you like you got your XP back and you know, because you lose whatever XP you had gained when you die and go back to that meditation point, but you can get it back and your force, your force abilities and your skills and things like that are, are your skill as you're filling the meter up. If your meter was halfway full and you died and as you get back to him, your meter's only like 10% full and you hit him, it'll go up back to the halfway point where it was. So there's that aspect to it. Uh, and, and like I said, solving the puzzles and things like that are very fun. But some scenarios in the game, I felt, I was like, oh, wow, there's another meditation point. There's another meditation point. There's another meditation point or another save point. Um, and some of that just has to do with the way the level's laid out when you're opening up shortcuts because you're going to go back to these areas. And opening up these shortcuts makes it easier for you to get from point A to point B when you're trying to progress through. Kind of like a Metroidvania style thing where you have the ability to get closer. You know, as you can only open the doors as you go all the way around and kind of loop back and then open the door that takes you back where you came from. So that when you come back there, you go through that door and you've already cut you know, five minutes or ten minutes off your time of getting through there. Um, but there was a scenario that I ran to on stream the other day that I had to kill like so many enemies and kill like an elite stormtrooper, And I kept running into like issues. And like, I think that I probably had to go through this encounter like 15 or 16 times because I would get there and I'd be low on health or I'd have a problem fighting something or the stupid drones that shoot at you that you, that are far enough away from you that you have to perfectly time your lightsaber thing. And it, it was frustrating and and then going getting past that point was so like relaxing that i was like oh cool i got past that point and then i went up the area and went into this other room and got eaten by an animal and i'm dead and i'm back to that other meditation point that i was before and i had to go through all those enemies that i killed already and kill them again to just hopefully be in good enough shape to go up in that room and fight that animal that just killed me to not only get my xp back but progress through the level mm-hmm. but moving that aside like that is similar to like how God of Wars, you know, checkpoint system had worked at, you know, a certain point in times where sometimes in certain areas, a checkpoint system was unforgiving. Um, mostly God of War three. I remember having a very unforgiving checkpoint system or Ascension, um, pushing that off to the side. The, the environments look amazing. The puzzles look great. I think I'm playing like on medium settings and I've moved it around medium, high max, you know, different settings. And I've still had the performance issues, um, people have came into the stream and thought the game looked really, really good on stream. And I stream at 720p, and I and I was playing the game at low or medium settings. I think it's as low as I think I can go medium, high, or, or epic. I think it was is what it's called. Um, and people thought the game looked really good. the The lightsaber combat is great. The customization of your lightsaber. There's so many. It's it's very refreshing to see loot or items come out of chests that are, can be used as, as, as cosmetics that don't require a loot box or a microtransaction. I can change my poncho. I can change the lightsaber. I can change like the color of BD one, change the color of my ship. Um, so that's all very, you know, it, it rewards you for moving around and looking for things. Um, and, and, and I'm having a blast with it. And I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. Like, I'm not this person that's, like, super into Star Wars. Like, I, I bought the, the Origin premiere because I was very worried that 
I was going to play this game for like five or six hours and walk away from it. And now I kind of want to know what's going on in the story. Um, I'm, just, I'm, I'm liking the character that I'm playing. I'm liking the cutscenes and, and the, the new unique story that Respawn is trying to play. I do find it very hilarious that every time you die, they get to advertise their company's name because it says Respawn across the screen. You have to press X to do it. I, I've, it would only be perfect if they had a little TM at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think they did a great job so far. Uh, as far as I've gotten the, I've gotten to control like walkers. Um, I've fought some, some interesting, you know, unique enemies and seeing like taking a lightsaber and cutting a, an animal in half is, is very rewarding. Upgrading the lightsaber, you know, that sounds so uh, bad. <laughs> um, you can cut animals in half, but you can't cut stormtroopers in half. Crazy. <laughs> they had to keep that T for teen rating. Um, fighting them through like going into combat of a lot of blocking and learning how to to parry correctly like i've always kind of struggled at those parry games that it require a lot of timing but it is very rewarding when you do it correctly uh it's very cool like a couple people have jumped into the stream and see me fighting and like oh wow you're doing really good i'm like yeah you haven't seen me the last 13 times just fail at it Um, but it's, it's never been to the point where like you know what i'm done i'm walking away like i haven't got to that frustration point level i was getting close the other day but it didn't happen so if you were on the fence about this at all, if you like Star Wars, I really think you'll like this. If you've liked any third person, for the most part, third person action puzzle style game, like an Uncharted, a, a Darksiders, a, a Zelda, Infamous, you know, any of those kind of games where you get to traverse and climb and swing and, and you know, figure things out puzzling that way, then you're going to like this game. And then it just happens to be Star Wars as well. So it's a really cool universe and story that they're trying to tell. Yeah, that, that depth, that... Uh we didn't really know what was there. Like, I don't think EA did a really good job presenting the game during E3. Uh, I, that depth has made me want to look into getting premiere, not quite buy the game at $60, but look into premiere for that $15 buy-in, uh, because of that depth that I heard you talk about. And then just Mm -hmm. seeing some of the, I was worried it was just going to be just a hack and slash. I mean, kind of is, but like the hearing at the puzzle, uh, like yeah. the puzzles are actually pretty good. The story seems to be like there enough. And I mean, like, the th- puzzles are to the point where I had to stop and think and evaluate and then do trial and error. Yeah, like they're, like, they're not like a hundred percent like obvious. Which Uncharted was really bad at puzzles. I hate to say, the puzzles and their set pieces were really. Co- the puzzles themselves were they look bland, cool. but they yes. looked really cool. And then as you executed them, that you got really cool rewards for them. I feel like fallen orders puzzles maybe don't necessarily look as cool um but they're challenging but are, are complex way. enough that you know you have to you know you have to kind of like really think and like is this going to work nope is that going to work nope is that going to work oh yeah that worked okay and now let me like let me move on and then just hope that you don't die and get screwed and get pushed back farther and have to kill more things just to get back to that point <laughs> yeah yeah but I'm, I'm glad to hear that I, I can't wait to see, see if you finish it i might if i have time just pull the trigger on it and just go for it and try it so we can have a little bit of a uh, spoiler talk about it uh, just because it does sound cool enough. It's just a matter of I gotta finish, like, my, my goal is to finish Outer Worlds or Death Stranding and the next game I get would probably be Fallen Order just because mm-hmm. uh, I've been hearing everything I like about it. That has been, for the most part, what consumed my weekend. I kind of just kind of fell on this, like, Star Wars kind of binge just in general. I did go see Terminator Dark Fate. I think that's what it's called. I enjoyed it. 
it was pretty much what I expected it to be. It looks like the they're trying to kick off another version, another timeline to possibly build on top of it, but I didn't really see any like huge um you know sequel teases or anything like that. Just an interesting, you know, aspect of a timeline of a next of the next person. So, but I enjoyed it. Like the the tie-ins to the old movies by while still expanding into like what could possibly be a different timeline and another you know, a couple of movies to build on top of that. It, it, it was good. And kind of where you thought it was going to go was where it was. The fight scenes were, were, were very cool. The new Terminator um, that is hunting them is, they always seem to improve them from the first Arnold to the T-1000 to, I don't even remember what this one was called. It, it seemed like the name was too long. Um, <laughs> but it was a very interesting dynamic of how he, um, how he evolves and things like that. And how, the new version of Skynet is being fought and kind of like this other Terminator or this other protector. That's, that's, you know, the timeline, the Terminator timeline is I'm not spoiling anything. They sent a Terminator to kill something in the past to stop something in the future. And then the future resistance sends it uh, something to protect them. Like that's the same concept of Terminators always been. Um, and and this never one, seems to work out, but they continue to try it. Yeah. <laughs> um so the the twist of what happens at the beginning with how it twi- it ties in to telling a, a a personal story was also very good so i do intend on at this point in time continuing to watch star wars in order uh, i'm going to watch episode one two and three just because i want to have a better understanding of things um because i never really think that i gave them a fair shake you know before but I do need to kind of see, but I am going to watch them in the order that they were released. So I'll watch four, five, six, one, two, three, um, I guess maybe seven and then rogue one. And, you know, I, I still haven't seen, I don't think I've ever seen solo. Um, no, I haven't either. I heard it was then, actually better than people expected. That's yeah, why. And then there was another one that came out after solo, right? Rogue um, one solo. I think it's just rogue one and solo. It wasn't, it wasn't Lando or, um, no, no uh, Lando is in solo. There was rumors okay. there was going to be a Lando movie, but Solo didn't do well. So, but that's it for for me for playing and watching. We're going to move on to our uh, community questions. Uh, you guys can send those through us to Twitter, Facebook, email, any of that stuff. Uh, email digitaldaysgaming at gmail.com. On Twitter, you can use hashtag AskDigitalDays. Facebook, you can uh, just post it in the Facebook group or on the Facebook page. And uh, Michael has started a massive google doc that he keeps claiming he's going to share with me and he never has oh yeah (laughs) i should do that i can do that right now (laughs) of all the questions that you guys are sending him so if you don't hear your question right away um don't feel like it's been passed up he's adding it to the doc and it might be might become more relevant in a couple of weeks and then we'll answer it then for the most part it's going to be questions and you know we'll come to a point in time where like news is light and we'll do more questions or you know we just need to use some kind of filler um any of that stuff to to do that so questions can be anything and we would love the more randomness the better they don't have to be gaming related or anything like that so currently i have this google doc broken down into gaming miscellaneous and wrestling (laughs) Please don't fill the wrestling section up, guys. Please don't do that. Hey, I'm going to NXT uh, this coming weekend, so send in them wrestling questions. Any guest recommendations to take my spot next week? Digitaldaysgaming at gmail.com. <laughs> I'll just uh, do it live on Twitch from the arena. <laughs> All right. You want to read the first one? 
Yeah, this is from uh, Billy503 Solid. Uh, will you guys ever do reviews on the website? Uh, um, oh, sorry. That was uh, the only part of the question. Uh, <laughs> do we ever plan to do uh, written reviews and uh, basically maintain a, like a full-blown website? Uh, Dave answered this on Twitter, but figured would answer it on the show as well. Dave, answer? Uh, the intention right now is to, to do no written content will that work 100 percent? i don't know um for the most part the written content seemed to be what really bothered michael and myself uh in terms of doing a lot of stuff and i want to see how like i talked about earlier in the show i want to see how pulling snippets of audio out of our conversations and posting them as video reviews over gameplay works or even Michael and I have talked about Michael just recording something himself by himself, having a conversation or reviewing a game and then posting that as a video and the possibility of posting that as a podcast separate episode, whether that's 12 minutes or 15 minutes or seven minutes or 35 minutes. I feel like people aren't reading as much anymore as they used to. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we've, we've seen how it is like, with the website uh the challenge is with like just a two-person team places will look at you know like when we're pitching to like hey we want to cover you know your game they'll want to look at like a written website's traffic but because it's only me and dave uh website traffic can only really be maintained if you're just hitting a ton of articles like if me and dave are just posting a review maybe once every two three weeks then the website traffic just isn't good enough uh, because there's not daily traffic because there's not active posts. If we were like a fuller staff and could maintain a website that has multiple posts a day, then we would consider doing it. But because it's me and Dave, it's just more manageable for us to just stick to what we feel like we do best, uh, which is up for debate. Uh, And that's podcast. I suck at writing. No, I'm talking about... (laughs) you know, releasing a, a weekly podcast, uh, releasing our stuff on YouTube and producing YouTube videos. Uh, we feel like it's a good focus there. And uh, we just want to focus on that. Maybe in the future we could get into written, but right now for the foreseeable future, uh, the only thing we have in plans are just to just do audio content and video content. And to be honest, has anyone seen Ninja, like, write anything down? <laughs> so it's working out really well for him. So hopefully uh, Dave becomes really good at Fortnite is what I'm hoping. <laughs> but ultimately, like, it's going to be kind of what you guys consume. And, we, you know, we feel like as fast as we've grown on Twitter – um, just through a little bit of word of mouth and through following us from previous regimes and as fast as like we've gotten some things to happen for us on Twitch um, and 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 the YouTube subscriptions and the, the content aren't like I've, I've seen the you know like things are going to plateau a little bit but it's it's we're in this we're in a marathon like we're not in a sprint and I have to tell myself that every day um, we're building you know, we're building things and you guys are all here at the very beginning of that. You know, like we're building, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, we're building the foundation and we're going to shape the house and, and decorate the, the, the house as we see fit. And that will change as it goes. Like maybe we need to make an expansion that it requires, you know, some type of written content or something like that. But right now, the for the most part, the feedback that we've gotten from 
listeners and 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 viewers is that so far that this is good and PR isn't like where's my 2100 document that tells me how bad my game is. <laughs> yeah, uh everything's I mean it's not new. Uh video content is where a lot of things are, podcasting is where things are. Written word as much as I I do enjoy writing reviews it's really hard to balance that content. And if you're doing written reviews, you also need to be doing news, uh, editorial pieces. You need to do everything for that to become like viable. Uh, and just right now, it just, just doesn't make sense. And I, I think, you know, like we're, we're doing okay. Just doing this, uh, at least for now. And the, and the return on investment and the time factor of the amount of time spent, writing editing spell checking proofing and then posting and versus the 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 amount of traffic that hits it yeah didn't seem like it was worth it you know verse and my goal with our youtube content gives you the ability if you choose and even twitch like there's a bunch of you watching live on twitch right now but you can also set this up on twitch and set your phone down and work on something else and listen and don't feel like you're missing out on anything if you want to look at our faces you can they're there um, and the same thing with YouTube. If you want to look at random Call of Duty multiplayer gameplay, it's there. But if you just want to listen to Michael and I have a conversation about Modern Warfare in the car, where you can just plug it in and, and set YouTube down on your on your seat, or you again can just prop it open maybe while you're making dinner or something like that. You can do both. So you can you, and it gives you that option of a seven minute video that maybe takes an hour to produce an hour and a half to produce versus written content that takes sometimes days. Mm-hmm. Um, um, go ahead. Next question. Yep. That'd be you, Dave. I read okay. Yeah. Ra- Randy Pinnock, give one game for each of your systems over your life that um, makes that system for you. Hashtag ask digital days. Uh, you want to go first? Okay. So mine, I actually wrote mine down. Um, so the systems that I, have had throughout my life uh first one would be the sega genesis streets of rage is my personal favorite uh but for me mortal Kombat is the the game that makes the genesis for me or was like a reason to play the genesis because it was the arcade mortal Kombat in your home um and man i'm looking at the arcade one-up machines and kind of want to get a, a mortal Kombat one uh because of that um, and then from there, I went from Genesis to the N64. Um, well, actually, uh, from the Genesis to the PlayStation. So, sorry, I'll do PlayStation. Uh, and Twisted Metal uh, would be my PlayStation game. I rented that from Blockbuster slash Hollywood Video so much that I eventually bought it and then continued to play that for like the several years that I was on a PlayStation. Uh, so, Twisted Metal is not only one of my favorites from that generation, but definitely like I would consider like a pillar of the PlayStation. Uh, I feel like sweet tooth is, you know, iconic and like forever associated with like the PS one. Uh, then PS two is where I get like the real hard choice. Um, it's either kingdom hearts or Tony Hawk pro skater three. I can't decide. And I won't decide because you can't make me decide. And I, <laughs> I just can't No, those, dis- those are, Make a decision. I, no, I can't. I, I play those games almost yearly. I there's there's no there's no way for me to choose one or the other. Uh, then PS3 is Uncharted 2. Uncharted 2 is 
I, I consider that game almost damn near perfect. God, the set pieces, I, I, I love Uncharted 3. I adore Uncharted 4. But I feel like I'm still chasing the highs from the set pieces of Uncharted 2. And Uncharted 2 is one of those games that it made that that whole console generation. Like, it made, like, the PS3, like, finally stand out after being kind of, like, the second console for, you know, to the Xbox 360. Like, that was, like, the first big showpiece for PlayStation was Uncharted 2. Or at least during that generation. And then the PS4 is Spider-Man because Spider-Man's perfect. Dave? All right, um... NES was the first one I had in my house, and I struck. Michael sent me this question much earlier today, and I was thinking about it, and I still have a hard time thinking of a game that you know was critical. I mean, I I have crazy memories of playing a lot of games with my brother, um, so that's where like Tech Mobile comes from. Um, uh, but I mean, obviously, like Mario, Super Mario, it, those kind of games are always going to be iconic to me. So, and then Super Nintendo. It's, it's again like Link to the Past is one that sticks in sticks in my head a lot because um, again I spent a lot of time um, playing Zelda games, but I also have very fond memories of Street Fighter because I was that button masher kid for a long time, and my brother is ten years older than me, and my brother got pissed off at me because I was beating him with Blanca, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, <laughs> and it wasn't like a one or two match thing; it was like a six, seven, eight match in a row thing kept doing that little electrical ball attack thing and he's just driving him nuts you still uh, need to watch high score girl since you love street fighter <laughs> it's a good anime about 90s arcades continue sorry um and then and 64 uh mario 64 uh just because of what that game did in terms of like the 3d games and things like uh, um and aspect of like i still have crazy memories of jumping through paintings and then also just star chasing like trying to get to 120 stars and hearing different rumors about what happens at the top of the castle when you get to 120 stars or and the fact that i think it's 120 and i might be right is the crazy part gamecube uh i struggled with this one a little bit uh because i had a ps2 very briefly and i believe i actually got rid of the ps2 to get the gamecube because they announced wind waker uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. And I still have memories of playing that early on and thinking, like, this is not a Zelda game. Um, and going through the process, and then something happens in that game about 30% through, where I was like, where all these things were starting to link, no pun intended, link together and make sense. And to where it was like that aha moment for me where I was like, wow, like, this is really cool. Like, this, the twist in the story that they told of you know what was going on where you were actually above hyrule and hyrule had been flooded and that was really cool um for ps3 it's infamous and the reason it's infamous is because right after the psn outage that was when i first got introduced to the playstation store online and infamous was one of the games that you got to pick for free and that's when i started you know playing infamous and then i was like oh i like infamous and that's when the other thing started rolling into me getting my love out of sports games that i was was heavily into for a very long time and into infamous and infamous led to uncharted and uncharted led to all these other games of finding out about so many cool games and then ps4 is destiny destiny and destiny 2 like it those game destiny at its core changed how i play video games and the fact that i'm sitting in this chair right now having this conversation with michael and on our own project is because of destiny yeah, I, if you picked anything other than Destiny, I would have been like, fuck you. Right. So, um, I mean, that game 
changed my life. Whether you, whether people think that's for the good or for the bad, that's that's your own preference. The, this changed how I view gaming. Yeah, no, that was definitely very important to you. I, that's why I almost picked Killzone 2, because I kind of wouldn't be doing this now if it wasn't for, like, Killzone 2. Uh, but I had to go with Uncharted. And then uh, let's go with the, uh, the last question, uh, which is a non-gaming, non-wrestling-related question, which is why I picked it to go last. Uh, at BBN Kyle on Twitter asked, Grilled Cheese or PB&J? Preferences, please. Dave, um, you probably have a weird answer for this because you have weird food tastes. Between these two, it's peanut butter and jelly. It's And, and it's crunchy uh, peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter is disgusting. Bread is kind of overrated. Oh, my gosh. Um, but if I'm going to have something with bread, it's going to be a grilled cheese. It's simple and it's delicious. You can get fancy with it if you want. If you want to do some tomatoes, Yeah, my dad can. does open-faced grilled cheese. What the fuck is that? It is a <laughs> it's grilled cheese with a tomato on top with a grill with another cheese piece of cheese on top of the tomato. How do you f- cook that? If the cheese is on the outside, it's well, it's it's two pieces of bread. Okay. So it's bread, cheese, bread, and you cook okay. that, and then you put the tomato on, and put the piece of cheese over it, and then eat it that way. Hmm. Now yeah. it sounds. I you had me interested, and then you <laughs> lost me a little bit. But grilled cheese is significantly better because it has nothing to do with peanut butter, and peanut butter is disgusting. Jellies kind of disgusting as well so yeah it's 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 grilled cheese grilled cheeses are fantastic i don't love it enough to go to like fancy grilled cheese places i don't know if you guys in detroit have like fancy grilled cheese places but like it's super simple thing to cook for yourself and it's delicious you can use multiple different cheeses have different flavors it's great peanut butter is disgusting though you're terrible no i i just yeah grilled cheese all day yeah someone agrees with me peanut butter and jelly is just nasty you know like Anytime I think of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, I think of the garbage stuff that we would get in public school that was like in the aluminum foil. Dude, I think that you just went to school like at some place and you had terrible lunch ladies. Like that's all I'm going to say. No, the the, the (laughs) Chicago public school peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are all just factory made uh, and kind of frozen. And I think it may have sullied me but when i look at peanut butter now i'm just like this is disgusting i know but bread is okay but like so what do you just like have invisible like invisible grilled cheese is that what you do no 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 i'm saying like bread like if i'm gonna have something with bread it's gonna be a grilled cheese oh my gosh because the only bread i like is like pretzel roll bread or like hamburger buns like that's good but like just regular like white bread because when i think of a like a uh peanut butter and jelly sandwich i'm thinking of like i peanut butter i hate that jelly indifferent to hate on that and then white bread no no thank you uh grilled cheese i see that but at least it has cheese and butter lots of butter and maybe a tomato if you're fancy i remember making grilled cheese at home with when i lived at home with my parents with crisco yeah was it good <laughs> yeah i mean it's just, that that was just what you used to to make sure that you grilled you know yeah no that's what the butter's for man you just throw butter on it but like actually slice actual sticks of butter you don't use that butter spread actual margarine yeah you don't use margarine is that if that's what it's called what, you don't use what about i can't believe it's not butter is that good enough no no i don't like <laughs> that i I've, I've had it before but i don't know no oh my gosh your food habits are awful i feel so bad for anybody that goes anywhere with you in public no i'm actually really open to other foods like i will try new foods all the time 
I just won't accept. If, like, if anyone took me somewhere and on the menu is peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, I'm not going anywhere with that person again. Because <laughs> you took me to some fucking elementary school or some shit. Oh my gosh, you're just I, you had terrible lunch as in public school. I'm sorry. Oh no, yeah, completely agree. The pizza was garbage. Uh, yeah, it was really bad. Chicago public school food is really terrible. All right, I don't have one, so let me see if you have one. What's your spotlight? It might be Star Wars because I might get it. I didn't pick up Pokemon, uh, not because I fell for the boycott sh- uh, Pokemon uh, hashtags. I just didn't know I had time to play it. And I kind of think releases are kind of, you know what? My spotlight, Google Stadia. <laughs> Mine is just subscription services in general because I'm finding out that there's more of them and I'm just amazed that Premiere exists and I didn't really realize that it existed. I mean, now you have access to Need for Speed Heat, which I don't think a lot of people knew came out last week. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of great. All right. That's our show a little bit longer than normal. Uh, but thank you guys so much for hanging out in the chat, asking questions in the chat, trying to do that, learn that balance of, you know, interacting with chat, but also not making, making anybody that's the audio listener only feel like that they're like, they have to be here to, to have an influence. So we're still working on that balance. So if you can, please watch us live on Twitch. We know that for some of you people that some of the people that live overseas, it's like three o'clock in the morning. Sorry, but and then the other ones we you know understand it's later at night on a Sunday evening, but this is for right now what is working for us. So if you can be here, great. If not, don't feel bad. But please follow Twitch, sub if you can, however you can, whether it's through linking your Amazon Prime or just deciding to give us a tier one, tier two, or tier three sub because you're super cool. Um, go to Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash digital days gaming. Look at it, see if you like it, see if you don't like it. If you don't like it, tell us why. If you like it, pick the tier that you want. Sweet, awesome, thank you. And uh, like the like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash digital days games gaming. Join the Facebook group and conversate in the group, please. Uh, we'll pull topics from there and would love to see that grow. Uh, right now there's more people in the group than like the page or those are really close now. Um, and then there's a ton of you that have followed us on Twitter, but just follow the main account at digital days pod. You can follow Michael at the first MJC and you can follow myself at good Dave hunt. I hope everyone has a great week. You got anything else, Michael? No, just uh, prepare for Black Friday, I guess. Uh, be safe out there. Uh, we'll have one more show before then, but still, prepare, figure out a game plan. Be safe. Don't shop on Thanksgiving. Please don't. Please don't. Really don't. But if you have to, <laughs> fuck, be, be nice to people. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks a lot for hanging out on Twitch. And thank you for listening. Subscribe, leave a review, do all that fun stuff. See you. See you.